The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with more trailblazing innovators. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds from Immersive. Stephanie and Dan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Joe. We're happy to be here. Oh, great. Well, thanks for making the time this morning. Stephanie, could you take a next couple of minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of Immersive? Sure. Our mission, simply stated, is to help our clients realize the potential of their data to outperform all of their expectations, clinically, financially, and operationally. Impressive. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, we do that through four service pillars. As we've really thought about what are the data lifecycle management requirements of our clients, we really think about the life cycle from cradle to grave. It really encompasses four pillars. The first one is our data governance practice. We've developed a proprietary Clarity DG framework to serve our clients where IT and the business intersect, to do the work that's necessary to establish data competence, credibility, and authority internally and with our clients' data sharing partners. When you launch out of governance, there's just the hard work that has to be done with the data itself, and that work is done in our data management practice. It's more than data models and storage strategies. It really requires an enterprise view of data management to improve interoperability, reduce broken workflows, and increase the usability and value of our massive data assets. There's all the buzz, and there has been for years now, around analytics. And certainly, with the reform movement in full force as we move to more pay for performance, there's no doubt that analytics will continue to play a huge role. Our analytics practice really focuses on helping our clients clarify their strategies. Those are those organizations that are really on the front end of an analytics strategy and those that are moving toward more advanced analytics strategies. It's a really critical inflection point for our clients, regardless of where they are on that maturity curve. And finally, our data protection practice is based on our proprietary Oculus data-driven risk management framework. And it really elevates the conversation and the work beyond the compliance conversation that's dominated healthcare data protection over the last decade. Our portfolio in this area includes advisory, technical security services, risk management, and managed security solutions that align the right resources with the right efforts. Well, we've seen that you've done a lot of work with your clients to prepare and respond to OCR audits and investigations. What are the trends you're seeing from the OCR? Great question. And, you know, the resolution agreements and corrective action plans that were published in 2016 and even the first couple that we've seen in 2017 are really instructive. We do webinars regularly to review these resolution agreements and corrective action plans in detail to make them really learning experiences for all of our clients. But let me sum up five or six points here for our audience today. First and foremost, organizations are still struggling to conduct what the OCR considers to be an accurate and thorough risk analysis. 
So that hasn't changed. That's been a trend from the very first corrective action plan that was published to the very most recent corrective action plan that was published. As an industry, we've got to do a better job of the discipline of that initial and, and recurring risk analysis study that we do. Secondly, organizations don't have well-articulated or well-constructed risk management programs for privacy and security. If organizations were to put as much effort around these risk areas as they do others, let's say fraud and abuse, liability, physician contracting, what have been the core components of most healthcare enterprise risk management programs, we'd be in a lot better shape with respect to privacy and security performance. What we find is that, and what the OCR has observed, is that the governance around privacy and security and risk management is not up to the level that they expect. So what we see is that privacy and security risk management might be managed and addressed within, let's say, the corporate compliance committee, but it never gets full audience or exposure to the enterprise risk management committee. So this is sort of that lack of well-articulated, constructed, and governed risk management. Thirdly, Organizations don't appreciate their EPHI data footprint, and we talked about this in our last episode, either internally or externally with their business associates. So you can't safeguard what you don't know. You don't know where it might be living. So the emphasis from the OCR is you must start with that EPHI data inventory, and you must understand that data flow in order to put effective protections around it and to effectively evaluate risk. Business associate risk management programs are few and far between and very immature. So the OCR is saying, hey, listen, you need to look at not only what's happening within the friendly confines of your enterprise, but think about, think about the volume of EPHI and PHI that are leaving your organization. And there's just a, not a lot of discipline around that. So that's been sort of, I'd say, another major finding. And then, and then finally, what we've really seen in the last few corrective action plans from the OCR is very specific guidance around workforce education, awareness, and training. We are not setting our workforce up for success. These programs are stagnant. I think we talked about this a little bit on our last episode as well. And so the OCR in these corrective action plans is being even more explicit about the content of what needs to go into the workforce education and training plan and the follow-through on that key message from the OCR on this one is you can't just be providing awareness and education around HIPAA 101. You need to be educating your workforce around your organization's policies, your organization's procedures. That should be the focus of, of training today. I think the other thing that we, we need to remember, and the OCR says it over and over again in their conferences, in their FAQs, and their guidance, is that HIPAA has been a requirement for the industry since 2004. Yet they just don't see the level of performance and maturity in privacy and security programs that they would expect over, you know, over these last 13 years. So I think the call to action is we need to step it up. And the, and the phase two audits, I think, once we start to see the early findings from the OCR on those, are going to be even more indicative and, and illuminating for us as to where we need to go next. Perfect. What do you make of the emerging data-oriented roles that we're seeing popping up across healthcare organizations, like the chief data officer, the CHIO, et cetera? Health data and information are a special type of asset, Joe. Arguably, this asset is as important to an organization as their, their other intellectual and physical assets. We have dedicated experts in roles for our facilities, our specialty lines of business, our clinical departments, et cetera. 
it only seems reasonable that we cultivate and establish data expertise in healthcare and that these roles be present and commensurate in the org chart in alignment with that organization's data strategy. We don't really view these emerging roles as competitive to a CIO. Their mission is different and their function is different. With that, Intrepid Healthcare will return with our guests, Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds. After this quick break, we'll be right back. The innovators at Velocity Health Informatics are focused on ensuring that your healthcare providers will access the correct patient record containing the right data every time. Guess what? This is not a given. Five to 10% of all medical records have duplicates and an even greater percentage have incorrect information. Don't we owe it to our patients to make sure that clinical errors are not made due to poor data quality and the lack of interoperability between their provider's EMRs? Velocity is the only innovator that can bring you health information as a service, which includes data quality, medical record remediation, and data integration as a service. And clients are raving about the results. Learn more now by going to www.velocityhealthinformatics.com. And we're back with Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds of Immersive. What are the most important things that organizations should be doing to improve their security posture? I'll take this one to start, Joe. The first thing is that organizations need to adopt the NIST cybersecurity framework. As we look at sort of the changing stands with the new administration, some of the early commentary and discussion around cyber, it's certainly apparent to us that all of the industries that are part of the critical infrastructure under the Department of Homeland Security are going to have to be governed by a common framework. And that framework is the NIST cybersecurity framework. So they just released version 1.1 a couple of weeks ago, open for comment period, but we see everything marching toward the NIST cybersecurity framework so that there can be harmonious cyber activity across those lines of critical infrastructure. The second thing is organizations really need to establish security governance. I know we're sort of a big governance company, data governance, information governance, now security governance, but the reality is organizations really need to revisit the way that information security data protection roles are organized and the way that security is operationalized. Boards of directors, executive teams need to be engaged routinely and regularly, and we just still don't see enough of that in healthcare. If there's one bold step for a CISO to take, it's to be more proactive, kind of crack that ceiling between themselves and the C-suite and take that C-suite and that board to another level in terms of their information security IQ, to borrow a term that we used in our last session. Organizations need to get their arms around their data, know where it is, classify it, apply a reasonable structure to it. They need to follow the information lifecycle management policies and procedures that many of them have, or if they're not going to follow them, they need to revisit them. So we see a lot of just general blocking and tackling from a data management perspective that would go a long way in impacting security programs and risk. You know, organizations need to determine what parts of the information security programs that they want to manage internally and what parts they want to outsource and partner around. There's a lot more tolerance for that. There's a lot more requirement for that. They're just, again, too much work, too few trained resources, and, and great, great partners out there 
to take on and collaborate and co-source and partner on some of this work. Organizations need to invest in their workforce to include their partners in care and their business associates by revamping education and awareness programs to better guide practice and behavior. Organizations absolutely should work toward tightening up their business associate risk management efforts, um, their business associate agreements, and to begin to introduce data use agreements with them. So it's part of knowing your data set, knowing where it's going, and knowing the proper protections to put around it. When we talk to business associates, they say, hey, listen, I get these files from our covered entity, our provider clients that have way more things in them than we need to do our job. And they're uncomfortable with that. They want to limit that data set because they want to limit their risk and exposure. On the client side, you know, we hear, on the covered entity side, we hear, you know, our business associates, we just don't have enough visibility to what they do and how they perform and how their risk posture might affect us. And so this collaboration between the covered entity and the business associate is an emerging area of focus in the coming year, and it's certainly going to be a big part of our focus in our solutions portfolio as well. Great. And then what are the most important things that organizations should be doing to manage their data and their information more effectively? I'll take that one. Joe, there are many avenues that an organization can take to actively manage its data and in turn realize the value of that data. So our guidance really depends on what formal or informal data and info governance programs and processes might exist within the organization, the organization's awareness of its data, its culture for governance and change, its readiness to take on initiatives that are not necessarily three months in, we're done. It's an ongoing effort, and it is definitely a marathon more than a sprint. In any case, we encourage organizations to do something. Similar to the way we encourage clients to take baby steps in their security and privacy programs, we're encouraging our clients to take some, any step towards better data management. Forward progress is always better than the status quo. For organizations that are just beginning, or ready to embark on their first data and info governance initiatives, we almost always recommend finding something tactical and measurable to apply that program to. We also recommend that they tie it to a project or an initiative that's strategic, highly visible, and preferably well-funded. Additionally, we recommend not taking on data or info governance initiatives that can be easily defined. For instance, you probably don't want to define your first project scope as the clinical record or the EMR or the rev cycle. Those areas are just too complicated, too big to take on early in your program development. So you might want to try something like a set of quality measures or master data like providers or code sets. For organizations that aren't ready for formal governance, there are many areas they can address as best practice, and they don't require a great amount of formality or resources, but they're disciplines in themselves. So organizations can start looking at their data standards and the implementation of those standards. Are they in alignment with the standards of similar organizations or through some of the government initiatives in defining universal healthcare standards? Folks should also you should be looking for their data. Do you know where your data is, where it resides, even what data you have? So doing some sort of data discovery, both inside and outside of the organization, could be very helpful. They could analyze and document how data flows inside and outside of the organization. That is commonly an unknown in most organizations with everyone having a small piece of the total picture. It's important if you're going to use or protect, you need to understand 
how that data is, where it's going, where it might be being replicated, where integrity issues might arise. And lastly, they could address and update simple things like retention policies and procedures. Let's make sure we're minimizing that data footprint as appropriate and encourage everyone to start looking at and defining and measuring their data's quality. As mentioned previously, some domains of master and reference data is a great place to start. If organizations take some of these simple approaches, they'll find they are developing the skill necessary for the governance initiatives to come. Perfect. I can't believe how much great information you guys have given us in two short episodes. I really do appreciate it. Before we lose everyone's attention, let's get everybody to go out to www.immersive.healthcare. Bookmark that site. Keep up with the great work that Stephanie and Dan and their team are doing at Immersive. Stephanie and Dan, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing so much great wisdom with our audience. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Sure thing. And that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guests, Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds, I'm Joe Lavelle. And we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.